Welcome to It's For The Plot Podcast. I'm your host, Ayana, and today I have such a special guest with me, my really close friend, Sam. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. You're my first guest. This is a lot of firsts going on in this episode. First um, video, first guest, host, so... I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm oh so God. excited and I'm so honored and I think this is so fucking cool. Oh, stop doing me cry. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad to have you. Um, please introduce yourselves. You're Sam, but you're so many other things, so just give us the rundown. Um, well to start, I'm 25. Um, I'm a Capricorn. And um I'm a creative. I'm an artist and I always have been. I've always been into creative expression and things like that. So I think that's kind of how I've always tried to live my life um, and just continuing to explore that. And that goes into fashion, that goes into music, that goes into videos. So um, I really like to dip my toes and like everything. Everything. A little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Where, okay, so you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram. And as far as I know, you do a lot of like sustainability, like fashion videos. Um, would you say like that's, I don't want to say umbrella, but would you say that that's um, maybe like your niche or like what you're most into? Because I feel like that's what I see a lot from you, especially mm-hmm. on TikTok. Mm-hmm. What would you say that? Like where, think, where do you think you fit the most? I think that... This is a question that I still ask myself because um, I hate niches. I know. I hate niches. (laughs) And um, I'm a full on person um, and people are dynamic and people are limitless. So I uh, happen to post sustainable content, but I also um, don't try to limit myself in the certain box so yeah I don't I don't know if I would even call myself a sustainability content creator but that is what I that's that's what I talk about or sometimes yeah. post about so yeah 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 you're definitely like multi-passionate I know that for sure just being your friend um but I love the videos you post on TikTok and I do feel like you post like a bunch of like a multitude of different things even looking back at your older videos like I feel like I've seen like you do like a a cooking video like you post your tea your morning routine Mm -hmm. your get ready with me's which I love (laughs) and looking at like your comments like people eat those up (laughs) like I love that for you it's like so funny to hear that because um I I think it's like one thing to like um I guess like I think it's one thing to be a content creator, yeah. but it's a whole other thing for it to be like collaborative and to hear like feedback like that because mm-hmm. you're so in your head when you post. Yes. Like it's never it, it, it's so hard to think outside of what only you're thinking about it. Yeah. So to hear that is like just like so awesome. So I really appreciate that. One hundred percent. And I don't know why there's so much pressure as content creators or as people trying to get into that space like I know for me like I think I just okay so like for me I'm a wellness lifestyle beauty creator which I've had to open up a little bit more of those words because at first I was like I'm just wellness but I was like no like I love beauty I do my makeup like I do all this stuff so I feel like wellness wasn't the only thing that I fit in so for me, I like, I, I do like um, being a little bit more in a niche because my brain is always so scattered that I need to kind of like bring it back down and kind of like put, not put myself in a box, but allow myself to be okay with being organized in that way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think? So would you consider yourself to be a content creator? I, yeah. Yeah, right. I'm definitely a content creator. I but I'm still like finding my footing in it. Yeah. I, I'm still finding um where I want to take it. 
Yeah, for sure. It's still in its early days. Where, when did you start content creating? Or when did you start feeling like, okay, like I am creating content and I want to kind of be in this space? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. I think it started to become real for me when I posted a video, I think it was in like 2021. I think it was in 2021. Yeah, like COVID? Uh-huh. Okay. Things were still like really like bad with COVID. It might have been 2020. Sorry, I didn't. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it might have been in 2020, 2021, whatever. Either way, like COVID was like big. It was rampant. Everyone yeah. was miserable. And I was at work and I was feeling the heaviness of feeling like um, overwhelmed by... Uh, generational trauma and things that I was trying to heal from and I posted a video about that and I used like a song that was trending at the time um, and it blew up really yeah and I remember thinking at like after I posted it because it felt so um, I recorded that in the moment and I felt like I was truly like portraying that pain that I felt yeah. um, and I remember thinking like what if this reaches a lot of people because I had that feeling that maybe it would mm -hmm. um, because I knew it was something that probably a lot of people could relate to yes and they did and it took off from there from that video I started this uh, discord chat it's called like brown baddie healing or something like that. Oh my god! Uh, I didn't like know that. over like four hundred people joined it. Wow! And um, so many people from different ages and different backgrounds, all BIPOC, having like wanting a space to be able to voice that um, that struggle or finding like mental health like resources or even like job opportunities. Um, it right. hasn't been as active because it was so long ago, but now people still like will you know write things in threads but um yeah that's kind of when it all first felt real for me it yeah. was me like just trying to i could feel that i really like seeked community um really badly and um i was curious what tiktok could bring in that regard i guess so First of all, I didn't know that at all. Even, like <laughs> as friends, like, I had no idea. Was it hard for you to sort of tap? It? Okay, so you posted something that was very personal to you. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you knew that people would be able to relate to it, so you found some sort of purpose in posting that. Yeah. But did you kind of feel like that was like an open wound that like people knew about, like? moving forward was that something that you were that you feel like you can continue to talk about or was that kind of like a one and done mm. kind of thing you know um i have a lot of like i guess thoughts about that because um i think i yeah i definitely still have discussed mental health on my tiktok um but i think i have like thought about like going like if you like get a lot of views on a certain video and you get a lot of response so people like might expect that same kind of content and that's why they follow you and that's what they hope to see more of right so i think sometimes i get worried that i'm not sticking to what people want or expect of me but at the same time um my the content that i love the most has been like stuff that has felt like genuine and in the moment something that um speaks to me in that moment purposeful yeah absolutely um but i definitely want to continue talking about mental health i think in the bipoc community it's not talked about as much as it should be and if it is um i think there's so many nuances depending on like you know your background and where you come from economic status um parental like you know growing up in paternal households or right. divorced households i don't even know if that's the right term for it but anyway paternal like that some, side yeah, yeah like i don't know it, there's just so much that goes into our human experience so i think that um we need to just keep having more conversations about it yeah and what was the context of that video because i don't i never knew that and i don't think i've ever i ever seen that video let me show you oh my gosh <laughs> exclusive <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, like, 
obviously you'll show me, but um, actually, yeah, let me just wait for you to show me. Okay. Well, and you said it was like 2021, right? I think so, but now like we'll be able to see for sure. Okay, perfect. It was in 2021, yeah. But this was the video. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, and that got 68,000 likes. I've never seen likes like that in my entire no, life. No, literally. Like, I've always been so weird about social media. Like, I, I am so weird about social media that I rarely would ever, like, post or interact or yeah. have any sort of presence online. So the fact yeah. that I got um, that kind of attention and response, like, I, it kind of freaked me out. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I, I haven't had anything like that because I, I feel like on TikTok it's um, it's so random. For me on Instagram, when I want like a video to do well, obviously I put a little bit more effort into it. But I've never I've seen like views like that on my on my end, but never like likes. So I don't even know what that feeling is like yet. But in terms of that video. And being so open about like your past, my follow-up question is: Does did your family see that? <laughs> did they respond to it? Did they respect it? Were they like, "Yo, what the hell?" Like, what was that like if that happened at all? Um, my mom like did follow me on TikTok. I think it was before that video. Yeah, and um, I immediately blocked. <laughs> I didn't want her to see anything, and uh, my dad's not on TikTok, I don't think. I think he's probably... No, I don't think he's on TikTok. Yeah. Um, so, they never saw that. They never saw it. No. What about your sister? Um, or your brother? My sister did see it. But her and I are so close, so like she was very aware. She's very aware of these struggles, and yeah. um, what I struggle with, she has those same struggles. So, um, she was like very supportive of it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's so important because I, I do feel like sometimes when you put your family in check and you're like, listen, I'm good now, but I wasn't then and you put me through this and I went through this and whether they knew it or not, I feel like that is a really tough pill to swallow. Um, I know me personally, my family has no idea the stuff that they... I don't think it was intentional, of course not, but that they put me through. And yeah, I'm like, oh my God, that's why even like I'm the same way with posting because like my podcast is so personal to me and I want to open up more and more. But if they ever like find it, I'm like, yeah, sorry. Like, I think, know. It's, I think it's good and healthy to keep things separate. Like family doesn't have to know yeah. everything. But you can't block them on a podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I'm like, I hope you guys aren't offended, but you guys, you know, have a little bit of trauma because of them. So, right. I think that, you know, it's just about being aware and then how they how they take it. How do you think your mom would react? If Like, does she know how you feel and what you went through? Um, She does. Yeah. I, she doesn't know, like, everything, though. Right. I think there's a part of me that wants to protect her from all my pain, if I'm being honest, because I know it weighs on her heavy, and I, even though she's causing pain, I don't want to cause her pain. Yeah. So, um, and I know it's painful for her to know, um, just, like, some of my honest experiences and things that I've been through and things that she's done to me that she might not have been aware of, um, or doesn't know the impact of her, um, of her actions yeah so um but i feel like she's getting to know me more yeah as i'm getting older and being more honest and becoming more comfortable with her knowing who i am more um but for so much of my life it's been so separate so yeah, for um, sure. it's just something i'm still getting used to absolutely i mean how do you feel like this has or your past has affected you in your adulthood do you feel like you're still kind of healing your inner child like what does that look like for you I think that I think that for the longest time I felt like I had to hold on to my pain um <clears throat> I didn't know who I would be without it 
like so much of my life I've felt broken and so much of my life I've felt so much heaviness from all of my pain that um, the idea of actually um, working on my healing scared me and um, it was just the unknown, the unknown that scared me. Yeah. And I think that as I'm continuing to go to therapy, it's actually really cool to see that um, the growth. Yeah. It's, it's like growth that you don't see until you're, there's like significant time that's passed and you look back at it. It's like, it's little things every day, but all those things add up to some like really big rewards, like, you know, feeling more, you know, comfortable with yourself, you know, loving who you are, like as a being rather than like external things um, or external validations and like money, things like that. Um, right. All those things are obviously still things that I struggle with, but um, it feels like I'm becoming more at peace with things. And I can see how um, the things that I've gone through have benefited me as well. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so important. I feel like also within our community, the Latinx community, therapy, mental health is so, I don't know if it's taboo. I just really wonder if they're just not educated on stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's It was a little bit of a different situation for me because my mom went through anxiety and depression and um so my grandparents were like familiar with that so when I started to develop um anxiety they were a little bit more supportive of me going to therapy and talking about my feelings and getting help so they understood so I never I never fully related to people who felt like they couldn't talk about therapy with their family because I did have a family that was aware of things like that mm -hmm. but I know how that I know that that's a real thing in the Latin community because I have cousins that deal with it all mm -hmm. the time you know what I mean so mm -hmm. what what do you think you know therapy has benefited you with the most um when did you start therapy and do you ever feel like you can kind of like graduate from therapy in a sense? Mm -hmm. I know that's like a loaded question, so mm -hmm. take your time. Well, I'll start with like when I started. Yeah. Um, I started therapy, I think when I was 17. Oh, wow. Um, before I started therapy, I recognized um, at a certain point when things were becoming very dark, um, and I was like contemplating taking my life and uh, I used to actually be a self-harmer um, and I like struggled with controlling it. Um, at that point, I realized that I needed help. And I remember asking my mom, like, like something's not right. Like, I know that I need help. Like this is bigger than me. Um, she reacted annoyed and she reacted like she just couldn't handle this right now. So then that would make me kind of shove my feelings down. And it wasn't until I actually threatened my life that I got the help that I wanted. So um, I think she, I'm sure she regrets that now. I don't even know if she remembers that, but um, I would hope that others don't have to like get to that point in order to get help, like get help as soon as like you realize that you need it. Yeah. But unfortunately, like I was a kid, I wasn't in control of like, you know, finding a therapist myself, or like, I didn't know how to do any of that. So yeah. um, I kind of like, <laughs> like reached a hand out to my mom, hoping she would help me and she didn't help me until yeah. like things got really bad. So, um, and sorry not to cut you off, but do you think on like on her end, that was a lack of understanding and education on mental health? Or do you think it was just, um, maybe at that time she she really was like I, I can't handle this i can't deal with this i think it was definitely she like felt like she couldn't handle it um because my brother um he's older yeah. and he suffered from like mental health issues and mental illness when he was like be like going through teenage years and he got help he got therapy 
he was medicated and I know that took a huge like um, toll on my parents. They seemed very overwhelmed by that. Mm -hmm. So I felt like they couldn't handle more than that. When it was like you. Like they're like, okay, we already dealt with Saul, my brother. Let like you can't you can't do this right now. Yeah. Like, and you guys are only two years mm -hmm. um apart, so it you know in terms of, like it's not like they or when was that when did that happen? Like right. how old was yeah, like what was the time frame between him going through what he was going through and then you? Well, when he was going through his stuff, I was still going through my stuff, but okay. it hadn't gotten to like severe levels, yeah. right? So I was like um I had really bad like body image issues and like eating habits that were really unhealthy and um, I was extremely depressed but it wasn't anything noticeable to my parents but at the same time it didn't really have to be it could have been like in their face right and um, I don't think it would have made much of a Still difference probably would have ignored it so um my brother started to struggle outwardly to where we can notice like probably around like 14 through like 16 okay. um and um i've been struggling with like mental health issues since i can remember um oh. like since like i was like like 10 you know wow yeah mm -hmm. and do you think that the place that you're in now do you feel well, also, okay, there's, there's kind of like two questions again. Being on social media and struggling with the things that you mentioned, do you feel like that can kind of like trigger those feelings again and in terms of like comparisons and, and things like that? And mm -hmm. then I'll ask the follow-up question after. I think that... I don't think... I think... um really good question I don't think that no I don't think that I'm triggered by talking about these things okay. because I'm finally at a place where I'm open to talk about I'm not scared to talk about what's hurt me I'm not scared to talk about um, that darkness right um, I really like the idea of like yin and yang um and meeting light and dark there's balance to it um and um like in movies like in movies like the main like the characters like usually their weaknesses end up being their strengths later on and i think that applies to life as well where you can use your strengths as power or for power or for good and you can yeah. also use it for bad as well but i think yeah 100 percent well, I'm so glad you're here with us. Thank you. Um, I definitely know, like, firsthand dealing with, like, mental health stuff, it's not easy. And there's not a rule book. There's not, there's not, at least in my opinion, there's not, like, real guidance. Or at least that I haven't found. Like, there's not real guidance on how to get your shit together in your brain you know what i mean because at the end of the day at least for me it's like a chemical imbalance so it's like how do you go up there and fix that you know what i mean and i think it's just i think you just have to like learn to push through you have to learn to face things head on and sometimes people can and sometimes people don't ultimately you know what i mean mm -hmm. um I haven't like I've I've gone to therapy like a few times and we were just talking about this the other day like I've never truly found someone that I was like I felt like I was getting good advice from that I felt super super open with um I feel like my first therapist ever I traumatized her like I was just like I was also around 16 17 and I just like build everything mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things like religiously and just everyday life that was happening to me and I don't know their response to that was like weird like it was it wasn't anything that was like super helpful so I'm still on the journey of like finding 
someone that I feel super comfortable with. I would yeah. really love, uh, you know, someone of color. Mm -hmm. That would be ideal for me. I do feel like that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of just like how they may be able to relate. Um, but yeah, do you, do you find that that would make a difference like with your therapist? Like if they're a person of color, if they're white, like what does that look like for you?
one of the things that I had on my list to ask these therapists was like, what is your personal opinion on weed and psychedelics mm. and things like that? Because I had had that prior experience of that woman being super judgmental. Yeah. I didn't want to have to deal with that. I wanted to be able to like fully express like the things that I, you know, partake in without having that judgment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my therapist could not give a fuck. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, as long as it's, like, in a healthy, like... Right, yeah. Not being illegal, super yeah. illegal. Yeah, like, as long as it's not, like, yeah, like an addiction. But um, another thing that I remember asking was if they had any experience with religious trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, like, you never know, like, whether or not your therapist is Christian. And one thing, like, in my interview process was I interviewed a therapist who was Christian and had those beliefs. And not that there's anything wrong with that, obviously, but I didn't want therapists who carried those beliefs because um, I didn't want their advice to be rooted in their own beliefs. Um, Whether or not they might realize it, I I just didn't want that kind of influence. Um, So I wanted someone who was like very spiritual and they had very open minds and... um, yeah it's just like stuff that was personal to me that i wanted to make sure that we aligned um with our views with how they go about therapy like i asked like what their therapy styles were like and how they interact with their um with like their what is it called like with their clients oh i don't know yeah i don't know what they call it but i think so yeah their clients yeah how they interact with their clients or patients? They're patients. I guess we're patients. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. No, that was such a great point um, that I definitely want to, like, utilize when I start looking for therapists again. I definitely want to just because I do feel like um, in some ways it was beneficial. I definitely went through a few crazy therapists. Like, my first therapist... She was, she was good. Like, I'm not going to see her shit on her. She was good. I felt like I could um, be honest. And I think I also felt that comfortability because I was 17. And I kind of just, like, was really like, I don't give a shit. Like, I am here. Like, I'm literally in your house. Like, mm-hmm. I'm about to spill it all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things shocked her. And I remember, like, just being like, you're shocked. I'm shocked. Like, you know what I mean? Um, And then my second therapist, I was not a huge fan. She was, um, she was obviously a therapist, but she specialized in, like, nightmares and dreams. So, I would, like, tell her about, like, my experience and things and how I was feeling and what was going on. And she would literally like I kid you not just like nod her head and be like yeah and and what else and I was like girl like I, when are you gonna give me advice when are you going to tell me that I was wrong when are you gonna tell me that I was right like when are you gonna tell me that what I'm feeling is like yeah. normal like that something yes like I felt like I felt like I was literally pulling yeah. her to tell me stuff but one time she analyzed one of my dreams and she went off like she went on a whole tangent i'm like okay girl like this is not gonna cut it for me because i don't have like crazy dreams and nightmares and that i feel like need to be analyzed or that i feel like relate to my trauma or you know in any sense so that wasn't a good fit then my last therapist she was Christian as fuck and you can tell mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily bother me to the point where I'm like okay like I can't do this like mm-hmm. I respect your beliefs as long as you respect mine um and coming from a Christian background I respect it like you can believe in whatever you want to I don't care but when it came to my personal life she described things to be a lifestyle and kind of just like I'm young and I'm testing things out and that's what I didn't like because mm-hmm. I am who I am I'm in the relationship that, I, that I'm in and um I hate when people use the term like lifestyle I just think it's like like it's just my life like mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a, 
a way of living. It's just mm -hmm. living. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, also someone who's, you know, friendly to just my whole life and accepting that. You know what I mean? Right. So, where did you find your therapist? Did you, okay, because I know there's like better help, uh -huh. which they say is affordable. That shit is really expensive. I also heard like there's really bad, like the therapist, like, really? Kids aren't expected. Wait, what else did you hear? That's like all I've heard, but I, I guess it's like not that good. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone's like personal experience, Same. but like you see all these ads and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, like da da da. I'm like, okay, cool. I do like the fact that you can be anonymous, um, or even text too. I think. And Is this like text? a better help ad? Thank you. Yeah, right. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shitting on it. No. Um, but it's really expensive. Yeah. And I remember looking into it, and I I did the whole like. Um, like, you can do kind of, like, an affordable plan, mm -hmm. so they say, and they take, like, your information, and then they calculate what you can afford, mm -hmm. and that shit was still too fucking expensive, right. like, I was not able to do that. Yeah, so, um, I'm trying to, like, remember how I found my therapist. Or your insurance? I remember that I was looking, I think I googled, like, Denver therapist, just okay. to start, and... I I was looking through like psychology today because there's like a section where you can see like different therapists and psychologists in your area. Yeah. And they have like profiles. And so I was like reading through the profiles and my therapist, Daniel. Um Shout out Daniel. Shout out to Daniel, love you. <laughs> um I saw his profile and it just like I felt like I felt like it was like calling to me. I was like, oh my God. Like, so your intuition. Yeah. yeah. Like, it just like something felt right. And I had like a whole list of therapists to call. So I called him. I interviewed him. He, he loved that I was like, I had that process to it. That I wasn't just like calling him and being like, when are you available? Without even fucking yeah, knowing, him. Know knowing him. So he was like, yeah, like, like, um, he really liked that and I liked that he respected that and I liked the flow of our conversation and the energy yeah. behind it it all felt really good and it all felt really safe and yeah I was like immediately I wanted him and I we figured out insurance and thank god he ended up being like with my insurance um your network so I guess I didn't go I didn't I guess I didn't look for therapists with insurance in mind. I was looking for the therapist first and then hoping that they like work within my insurance. Mm. So gotcha. And reading those profiles and reading what they specialized in and reading their personal beliefs and um, their values is what kind of Wait, where can you read that stuff? Um like Zocdoc? I, I remember it was psychology today, but Oh okay. Um, I'm not sure. I have to look that up. Because this is the first year that I, first of all, moving to Denver um, from New York, I lost my insurance. But also because I turned 21, I lost my insurance and I'm not in school. Because when my mom passed away, I had insurance through the state from like 10 to 20. Oh. Yeah. So I never seen a bill in my life. So I was, you know, racked up. Yeah. You know, physicals, all my shots, like all that shit. Yeah. Um, therapy. So I actually don't even really know how expensive. Like, I know it's fucking expensive because I see better help, and if that's what they think is affordable, it's definitely not in my realm of affordability. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but I can. So for me, like, I have to go through the process of like, are you my insurance? How much are you? And now I can get to know you if you are, which I hate that it has to be that way. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like especially in today's day and age, like mental health is talked about a little bit more broad, broadly. I think especially our generation or whatever generation you feel like you fit in the... Do you feel like you're Gen Z or do you feel like you're... Yeah, I feel like you're Gen Z. What's your year again? 98. Okay, maybe you are. I feel like you're low key. Um, Zen what is it called? Zennial? I mean, yeah. Zennial? I don't even know. You're definitely not a millennial. No. Thank God. Yeah. Sorry. So oh, yeah, the millennial. Oh, like, <laughs> sorry. But 
Oh my god, actually one time I posted on Instagram and I like took a picture like this with like the camera up there with like a heavy ass filter and I was like, I feel like a millennial right now. And y'all came for me in my DMs. Really? They were, they were like like they were like they knew I was right, but they were just like there was a swarm of millennials in my DM like Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry to violate but But it's true. But it's true. The like, stereotype is kinda of true. Yeah, it's a little chewy sometimes, but yeah. what were we talking about? Oh, so this is my first year um, paying for insurance and like having to pay attention to shit like that. So, you know, I have to go through a different order of like what I can afford, um, which I wish it wasn't like that. I feel like, oh, yes, I remember what I'm saying. It, we're in such a world where mental health is so important mm -hmm. and i think that we are really loud about how important it is and mm -hmm. trying to get that in our jobs to be covered and to be respected and having those days count as sick days because there's a lot of companies that do not count mental health as sick days mm -hmm. or as days that you need mm -hmm. and i i know one thing for certain like <laughs> if i am not okay yeah. i'm not coming into work like right. i physically can't like i will sit there and do nothing it's more beneficial to the company that i'm with to give me the one fucking day i'm asking for so i can get my shit together right and then come yeah i hate that it's like that mm -hmm. so Oh my gosh, we knew we'd get so deep. I know. We were going over what we were going to be talking about, and this was not even... <laughs> no, not even... We like, didn't even touch on this at all. No. I love it, though, because yeah. I think these conversations are um, so important to have. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's real, and I feel like I try to go into it a little bit on my own when I do my solo podcast, but... A girl be so nervous, like I'm just like, oh, like, and then I feel like I can't help but to get personal, and I'm still trying to like find my, you know, grounding and like opening up, but still mm -hmm. being private because I am such a private person. I think that's the like when it comes to the internet, there's no like rule book on how open or how closed off you need to be, yeah, and like whatever you're comfortable with is like how you should gauge that. Um, when I posted that TikTok that went viral, like the yeah. first video, um, where I talked about mental health, that, that's like one of my first, I guess, interactions with negative comments and hate and people would look at that video and say, oh, like, you know, you should be grateful that you have parents and that you should be grateful. And I remember like, people I were saying that under your comment or, uh -huh. or like, you know, they would say things that weren't true about myself, but I remember like just kind of being really bothered with the fact that people were like perceiving me in this way. Did that scare you? It didn't scare me. I think it just like um, I wasn't used to it. I was right. I was really taken aback that people could see that like ten second <laughs> that people would take that like ten second video and have this impression of me just like from that. But yeah. that's like. The internet that's just like how the internet goes mm -hmm. so i've had more exposure to that which i think has made me be more willing to be honest about myself and just who i am just because of that practice yeah mm -hmm. i think you're really strong for that because i <laughs> am like the internet fucking scares me it really yeah. does yeah um because i don't like nobody clocking me or thinking that they can or you know making assumptions and they're completely off yeah because I would be glued to my phone, like sitting there, like oh, defending yeah. myself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, but then I feel like that gives people power, and I, it gives people what they want. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what's the balance between defending yourself and then giving someone power? Part of like how I've been looking at it is, you know, they help me algorithm wise. Period. So rack it up. Yeah. So I'm like, you know. You can leave as many negative comments as possible, but it's helping push out this video more. Yes. So I don't delete them. I don't like filter like my comments. I just kind of let whatever happens happens. Um, I've definitely done like like response videos to some negative comments. I have seen that. Yeah. Yes. And um, there's this one TikToker. 
Um, her name's Rev Carla. She's an interfaith, interspiritual minister. Okay. And um, I like how she talks about negative comments because she likes to use negative comments as a teaching moment. So yeah. she'll kind of use the comments for good and just kind of go more into like why this comment, um, I don't know, like where this comment comes from and why this person thinks the way that they do. Um, I think that, you know, negative comments can be useful and it could be educational too. I think that's true. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, I don't remember what the context of the video was, but I remember someone commenting something negative. Mm -hmm. I think about your outfit, actually. Yeah, they were coming for my outfit. Like, <laughs> don't do that. Um, but you responded so beautifully. And I'm you. like, see, this is the difference. Because mm -hmm. I would be like, bitch, like, yeah. you're roasting, you're talking yeah. Like, I would really go off. And yeah. then it's like, no, like, you were so graceful. <laughs> you were like, no hate to this girl or no hate to this, you know, person. Yeah. And I'm like... I would have been like, oh, he's in this person. Yeah, Let's get like, for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. get her in the comments right now. <laughs> no, but I think that's like, that's so nice. Um, yeah. But you're, you're like, you're for real like that in, like online and in person. Like mm -hmm. you were one of the most genuine, sweetest people I know. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I really do take so much from you because you're just so genuine and I love that and you're so you're okay how do I put this like okay for an example remember when that fucking Pilates studio stole my video and didn't give me any credit and then like didn't respond to me for hours yeah you were under the Sam was <laughs> under those comments rooting for your girl and I was like I didn't have to tell her to do that I didn't you know I didn't say to you can you please defend like you just did that naturally and I was like I remember that was like we were just starting to like really yeah. get close. Yeah, we hung out like twice maybe at this point. Literally. <laughs> and you have no idea what that meant to me because I have always said like I want a friend like me because I'm that I'm that person. If mm -hmm. my friend's content's getting stolen, if somebody's trying to violate, I'm gonna be in there like, you know, having your back. And yeah. you did that for me without me even having to hint at that or I was just telling you what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that means so much to me. <laughs> I remember telling Haley, I was like, oh my god, like, I'm <laughs> such a real ass bitch. Like, I have to be asking some of my friends, like, um, hello, can yeah. you fucking defend me? And obviously, like, um, it sounds to be problematic, but it's just, I think when we're in this space, things like that happen to us as small creators all of the fucking time. Right. And I'm still a really tiny creator. Like, I'm this big compared to how many creators there are out there, especially in the Denver area. Really? I don't yeah. know that many like Denver creators. I feel like I know a lot. Uh -huh. And I'm not a huge fan. No, I'm not going to say I'm saying much. I just feel like there's a lot of, like, okay. I've heard that there's a lot of, like, drama in the Denver TikTok community. Mm -hmm. Um you know, some of the bigger creators out here, which I don't really know. I I'm not really involved in any of that. But one thing I have noticed is people out here in Denver look for creators all the time for a lot of stuff. And one event that was literally just down the block for me there was like all these creators that were invited to and they were all white mm -hmm. and I was like yeah I was just about to say that like anytime I've seen like uh Denver tiktokers like girls that'll be like you know like the best like bars in Denver or my favorite like there's spots. always restaurant creators. yeah yeah things like that um they're always white they're always white and yep. um I think that I have my opinions if you want me to get into it. Let's get into it. It's for the plot, honey. It's for the plot. You know, <laughs> they have something to say. They can say whatever they want. Okay. So, I think it's 
like well known that TikTok, its algorithm pushes out white content creators more than they do black black creators. Say it again. So you can be just as talented as Susie, yeah. but Susie's gonna get the algorithm to push her more. Yeah. And I there's this one TikTok creator who I actually follow, so it's like I'm kind of like um, being a hypocrite, but um, actually. So there's this one TikTok creator that I follow that a white creator, I, a white creator mm-hmm. that I enjoy, but I feel like you know um, there's always like there's always like little things that like a white creator can say or do that kind of like just like remind you of their privilege. Um, they, they're not necessarily aware of it, but yeah. you know like it's all like fun and giggles like with your like you know night routine, but then you say something and then I'm like oh yeah like you're white like right. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, and in this one video, she's talking about like how easy it is to grow on TikTok, which is true. It is true that you can gain a following and you can gain a platform that isn't always like as easy with like Instagram or YouTube or things like that. But so, yes, okay. she is a blonde woman, a white woman who lives in like the perfect like apartment, and mm-hmm. she like you know she curates her life so beautifully that I feel like it it's just it like of course it's easy for you to hear of course it's easy for you of course it's easy for you yeah um so i hate that and even like the whole blowing up of like alex earl do you know who i'm talking about Mm -hmm. okay so how do you not even i mean alex earl there's this girl on tiktok that's like blowing who blew up look her up Uh her name's alex earl and she's pretty much like this rich white girl who was dating. I don't know if he was like a professional baseball player or what. Um, but she blew up and she is the reason why the Miel rosemary and mint oil has been sold out everywhere because she was using it on her hair mm-hmm. and it wasn't in beauty supply stores, it wasn't in Target, it wasn't in Walmart. Yeah, I definitely have never seen her videos before. But Do you know my name? Um Yes. Okay, so TikTok or the internet was in an uproar for Miss Monet, which I love. I love her so much. Me too. Because she was in Marikai for a long time. Alex Earl came up, blonde hair, blue eyes, and people were obsessed with her, like obsessed with her. And she instantly got verified. Mm -hmm. Monet went to go get verified. Like she did an application for it and got denied. Mm-hmm. And she just got her verification, I think, because the entire internet was like, yo, like, she's been here. Yeah. Like, we've That's been here. Sense. People love her. I adore her. Like, she's such an inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. And you can tell she's so real and she's so authentic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that this other girl isn't, but it's just to say that you really just have to be blonde and mm-hmm. have blue eyes and you have it just a little bit easier than us. And not only that, but I forgot the uh, creator's name, but, oh, Victoria Paris. Oh, I love her. Uh-huh, where she talks about how um, when it comes to things like brand deals and when yes. it comes to compensation, mm-hmm. white creators significantly make more, get significantly better, you know, opportunities yep. and and events to go to than BIPOC creators. That's just, like, a fact. Yeah. And you can't, like... Not you can't ignore that disparity. Um, and if you ignore it, you're adding to the problem. Exactly. 100%. But I get that like white people are like, well, I worked hard and like you know like that's just like how it goes. But it's like you did you white privilege. Yeah. And like it's just you can you can admit it. You know. Yeah. You can admit and it. And you know and what? Use it for good. Use it for use good. Use it for good. Mm-hmm. And I respect people so much when they're honest and they're like, you know what? I'm not trying to use this. Like, I'm just trying to be another creator. Mm-hmm. But I can understand how blah, blah, blah. I respect it. I love you. Follow. Boom. You have my support. Mm-hmm. Because um, Victoria Fair, she also, I think, in, like, another part of that video, mentioned how a lot of the social media managers, digital marketing managers for these companies, Olipop, um, super goof, you know, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Those people who are in those roles are white women. Mm-hmm. 
they're white, blonde hair, blue eyes, brunette, whatever. And they're going to invite people who sort of look like them to be presenting their, their products and to get sent PR and to do that stuff. And that was so interesting to me because I'm not gonna talk about it here, I'll tell you off camera. But I had an experience where this girl I knew worked for a company. Um, I told her I was a creator. I didn't know what her what she did for, for work, but I told her I was a creator and she was like, oh, like I work for this company. And I was like, oh my God, I actually sent you guys an email to collab. Like, I love your products. Like I religiously use them. And she was like, well, give me, like send me your email again and I'm gonna make sure that we can get like something together. And I was like, oh my God, okay. And it was under the, it was along the lines of a paid collaboration that she was going, that she offered to kind of push forward. Um, and it was, first of all, I had to like bring it up a few times, which I fucking hate. You know, like I'm like, if you offer to do something, but you don't bring it up, I'm like, oh my God, like it, it's never going to happen. Yeah, I feel like begging for it. Yes, like, no, that's not even, like, how I am. But then, even speaking to, like, my friends, they were like, no, like, she offered. um, And she gave you your, you know, she gave you her word. See this through. Like, not bug her, but, you know, remind her. And actually, Kiara, the one that we saw at the Latinas Galentines, do you remember her? Uh, well, her and I go to like um, Viv Cycle a lot. She was the one who was like encouraging me so much, and I love her for that because I'm like, you're a real ass bitch. Like, mm-hmm. you're right. Um, I should like kind of bring it up, and it was what ended up happening was it was just like she sent me product and was like, just post on your story, and like you're all good. And I was like, okay like it wasn't a real collab like it was kind of just like she had the power to give me the stuff for free and in a work sense she had to make sure that I posted something and then I never heard of her ever again mm-hmm. and we weren't like super close or like you know friends but we were like hanging out a little bit and so yeah that kind of like threw me off guard and I was like hmm but I wonder you know, maybe if I had a little bit more of a following, if I looked a little bit different, if this would have gone differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anything about, like, her directly, if that's, you know, what she felt. Maybe she had things that she, um, like, guidelines that she wasn't able to fully commit to that she said she would. But mm-hmm. that was, like, an experience that I had that was just like, okay, Miss girl, like, no berries. Mm-hmm. But I always take a mental note of things like that. And I think it's important for me to say because... Um, for creators on Instagram, on TikTok, who have less than a thousand followers, who um, are very micro and but want to get in this space, it's important to know that people can offer something, but that doesn't mean that it's always going to come mm-hmm. true. And you have to really like, you have to sell yourself. You know what I mean? You have to know what you're worth, and you have to just be loud as fuck sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, that's really important to do. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in a situation where, do you get, like, PR? Or do you, like, try to reach out to, like, do stuff like that? Or do you like to just, like, create and if something comes, something comes? I think exactly that. I definitely feel that I use TikTok as a form of expression. And it's something that I do for fun. And I don't personally want to put that pressure on myself to like make money and to be worried about selling things and yeah um things like that i i have like my email on my tiktok and um i get like emails about you know we'll send you this for a video or we'll you know give you a hundred dollars if you make a tiktok about this and you're okay with that uh, I don't personally, uh, I'm not personally interested in things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I, I don't want my videos to be about selling you something. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the frustration too with like my clothes being thrifted is that people be like, where's this from? Where's this from? And they want like 
that the link the accessibility yeah. to my clothes and I don't have anything to sell them this is just clothes that I thrifted you can find something similar like on your own but that's not something that they can like buy instantly yeah um so um I am open to opportunities that could come from TikTok um I really love the idea of you know getting connected with people and communities that matter to me or even like you know fashion brands that matter to me yeah i do have quite a few that i find extremely inspirational and really dope as fuck yeah so um i think that's more of what i'm looking for out of it not necessarily like paid things like that but um i'm also very small myself so um those opportunities really haven't come like super big big deals or anything yeah but i've gotten free stuff like we love that like twice yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know what? I got scammed. Uh-huh. Um, literally, there was this company called Fucking Fab Skin, mm-hmm. and which they blocked me and did all that stuff because they're fake. And yeah. they told me to, which now I know, if a real company wants to work with you, you're you're not gonna have to buy their products first. Oh. And I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So my little ass, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I bought it. It was like 50 bucks. And then, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. I signed like a contract. Like there was a full-fledged <laughs> contract, bro. Like there was a whole contract. And at first I was like, okay, like, I don't know. Like this seems so. But then I was like talking to someone all the time through email. It was so professional. Like it was like legit as fuck. There was links, um, which, you know, they tell you to look out for to their Instagram, to their website. And, yeah, when it came down for them to fucking pay me and review my pictures that I sent them, that was, like, six months ago, seven months ago, and they were supposed to pay me, like, a good amount of money. So I was, like, so sad that it was fake. But I laugh about it now because I'm like, haha, that's so funny. Like, I can't believe that. But now I know so much better. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, yeah. I learned. I got played, and now we're doing better. But that's... um. I always think that that's important to like tell people, especially if you're a small creator like me, like don't, I, and I didn't like, I get like scam, you know, spam emails that are like, oh, like post our products and da da da. But this one like seemed so legit. I'll show you the emails after. It was like, <coughs> there were links, like there was a person, like all this stuff. So when you get a brand deal, or you want to start working with a company and you don't know if they're real or not, um, I would say whoever you're talking to, look them up on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Look them up on LinkedIn. Everyone has a fucking LinkedIn. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah. Just to make sure they're like a real person. Yeah. And um, read, like, very, like, read over and over again what they're asking of you. Read what they're asking of you. Go through their Instagram, see if they have comments, see mm-hmm. if they're. Um, fixing my bra. Oh, you're good. <laughs> um, you know, see if they have a good ratio between likes and followers, and see if there's like you know activity on their page. Because now that I think about it, there wasn't that much activity, and the likes weren't like three and like three thousand on another, but like they had like twenty one thousand followers. So I was like, okay, small business, cute. And then the the likes matched up but then there were like little to no comments mm-hmm. and now that's that's my mistake so now mm-hmm. i have a little light bulb that like goes off when i want to work with people right so that was annoying but i love that mm-hmm. i feel like we covered so much mm-hmm. we covered so much this is definitely gonna be my longest <laughs> yeah. episode you're gonna touch it down yeah i know we'll, we'll go through yeah. it together but thank you so much for joining. Um, I had so much fun doing this. This was like so, we have to do this again. For sure. Um, for sure. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Um, anything you want to announce? Plug your socials? Like, Yeah, um, my TikTok is Samantha Lena. Um, the Lena has three A's at the end, L-I-N-A. Three days. Yes. Um, 
Same with my Instagram. Is it? Actually, I think there might be like one less A. Hold on. I feel like it's two A's on your Instagram. I think so too. Actually, it's four A's. Oh, wow. On my Instagram. <laughs> so my Instagram is Samantha Lena with four A's at the end. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything I want to say? Just thank you for having me. Oh my god, of course. This has been so fucking cool. This was so fun. You guys don't even know the struggle of trying to get this shit in order. Yeah. For like at least an hour and a half. Yeah. Just trying to get everything technically wise together. And you have a lot of experience in like AV, right? Like AV, mm -hmm. photography, mm -hmm. videography. So. Mm -hmm. We're getting it together. Yes. She was like, <laughs> she was the perfect person to have. She was helping me with everything. Which I appreciate so much. So thank you so much for joining. And I'll see you next time on a 12 o'clock podcast. Yay!